Hey guys, good afternoon. This is Coach V. And I'm Coach David. This is the Kaizen Karate Podcast. We're recording live here in February. We're, we're Coach David, what? Mid-February 2021. Is that about right? Hard to believe, right? We're almost halfway through February. Woo. Halfway through February. We're, we're getting mighty close to the one-year mark. Uh, I have it circled on my calendar. And, uh, you know, we're, we're almost a year into COVID and lockdowns and all these things. Uh, good news. Good news is that it looks like there's some daylight ahead. Uh, looks like vaccines, right, are, are on the horizon and are being implemented. And slowly but surely, they're rolling out. It seems that they're ramping up. Is that what you're hearing? I think that's a great way to say it. I saw uh, Dr. Fauci, America's uh, superhero on the lines, and uh, he um, was you know, trying to be cautiously optimistic. So I thought that was good to hear. I like to hear that. And, uh, you know, I, I say this to everyone who's listening, uh, you know, we're, we're recording in the Washington, D.C. area. Coach Dave and I both live in the Washington, D.C., D.C. metro area. And uh, if you're listening, you're one of our Kaizen students, I think you know us. If, you're, if you don't, uh, you know, we are both uh, instructors at Kaizen Karate. Um, you know, we're located in Silver Spring, Maryland. We do teach in the D.C. metro, uh, Maryland, D.C. and Virginia. Uh, if you're outside of the U.S., we would love to connect with you, so please do reach out to us. You can find us on all the social media platforms, and just check the show notes. Uh, you know, just scroll down, and you can find. It's really easy to reach us, and we, we'd love to to hear from you. Uh, I bring this up because Coach David, you know, we we've talked so much about the healthcare workers, about how they're the real heroes, and I don't think anyone would disagree. Uh, we talk about all the people who are just you know need to be celebrated. Coach David, I saw this article uh, on Facebook. And it was shared and it was kind of making its rounds. I just wanted to share this with you and I wanted to share it with our Kaizen Nation audience here today. Um, I, I hope I'm pronouncing her name right. If you end up hearing this post and this is, you know, and Christine, if you hear this, uh, I apologize in advance for butchering the name. I promise, and I always say this to my students, I'll get your name right by the time you get to Black Belt. So here we go. So it's Christine Derangowski, uh, comma, writer. So she's on Facebook. So if you want to look her up, Christine Derangowski, D-E-R-E-N-G-O-W-S-K-I. Uh, she wrote a phenomenal post, Coach. So here it goes. She said, I've lost a year with my kids battling over school, and I'm done. My seven-year-old and I were in the midst of our usual asynchronous day battle. I had his writing homework in my hand from school. He'd written several full, well-thought-out sentences. But... He won't do the same for me, at least not without a fight. I told him he didn't have to write about his best day like his teacher asked. He could write about his worst. He could write about whatever he wanted as long as he wrote a few sentences. He said he'd get, he said he'd get in trouble. He said he was doing a bad job in first grade. He was on the brink of tears but didn't know why. And it hit me. Instead of getting frustrated and pushing the assignment, I sat down with him at his desk in his superhero bedroom. I said, you won't get in trouble and you can't fail first grade. In fact, you're kind of a superhero yourself. He sat up in his chair just a little and looked at me with disbelief. I said, do you know that no kids in, in the history of kids have ever had to do what you're doing right now? No kids in the history of kids have ever had to do school at home, sitting in their bedroom, watching their teacher on a computer. You know, your friends are, you, know you and your friends are making history. A visible weight lifted from his seven-year-old shoulders. What does that mean? I told him it means I haven't given him nearly enough credit for rolling with the punches. I told him how proud I am of him and his friends. The kids this year are doing the impossible and they're doing a really great job. I apologize for not saying it sooner and more often. A little, fear, a little tear fell down his cheek. 
We've thanked everyone from healthcare workers to grocery store employees, but we haven't thanked the kids enough for bearing the burden of what we've put on their shoulders this year. We've said kids are resilient and they are, but they are the real superheroes in the whole scenario for having zero to say in their lives, but having zero say in their lives, but doing their best to adjust every day. We closed his school issued laptop and spent the rest of the day playing. This was supposed to be temporary, and here we are, a year later, still trying to hold on to hold our head above water. This is our home, and I won't turn it into a battleground anymore over something we can't control, something that no longer makes sense. Hug your little superheroes today, and don't forget to cut them the slack we've given everyone else. Join me in the trenches at Christine Derengowski, writer. Um, wow. What do you think about that? Well, it's... Uh... You know, that's so true. The, the, um, I, I, I put myself in, in parents who have young kids place because my kids are growing up, but so difficult, like having to struggle to help your kid and watch your kid struggle and that whole battle that people have done, so difficult on both ends. Uh, I give her a lot of credit for coming to the realization that, you know, her kid's doing the best he can and they are heroes in a way. I mean, right, she's, she's 100% right. No one's ever had to do this. Everyone's kind of been figuring it out. And for the most part, a lot of kids have rolled with the punches and, and done a fantastic job. So um, hats off to her to realizing it and actually saying it. I'm glad she spent the day with her kid playing because kids don't get enough of that nowadays. And, um, you know, good for her. Yeah. And, you know, I got to take a Kaizen spin on this and say uh, to all of our students who are listening and parents, if your kids are in the room, you know, hats off to them. You know, training virtually is not easy. And, you know, I see it on some of the students' faces when they log in, you know, usually what is normally a smile when they show up to karate class during normal times is maybe a long face, or maybe they're dragging their feet, or maybe they're not in full uniform yet, or, you know, whatever it might be. Eventually, they get into it while the class is going, but Coach David, you know, you can see it by the end of the class, the reality hits, oh, class is over, and I'm back to my reality. Mm -hmm. And I say this because, um, you know, I, I honestly believe this. I think training during COVID on Zoom is much better than not training. I honestly believe that because I think it still gives, we've talked about this in many, many Absolutely. podcasts, but it gives you something to look forward to. And, and Christine, she nailed it. I really do think she did. And, uh, you know, we, we want to give you some, some, some positive things to, to focus on when you train with us. And, you know, if you're an instructor and you train elsewhere, you know, I think this is just something to think about. I think we all think about it, but man, did that hit me hard when I read that, that I think, you know, just being a little bit kinder, you know, just realizing the kids are having it tough too. So, uh, yeah, some food great. for thought. Some food for Very thought. Very good. Hey guys, we're going to shift gears here. I didn't mean to start on a heavy note, but I just wanted to share. Just I thought it was amazing what she had written. I thought it was really good. Today we're talking about etiquette and etiquette. Uh, you know, if you're thinking about uh, dining at a dining room table, hope you're not slamming your elbows on the table, no feet on the table. Uh, hope you're not chomping your food with your mouth open. I try not to on most days. Uh, <laughs> you know, there's there's different kinds of etiquette, wouldn't you say? And Karate etiquette, Coach David, what, what kind of comes to your mind when we talk etiquette, when we're talking about, um, you know, uh, having not just good manners, but here's how we do things. Um, we're not going to speak for every karate school and martial arts school out there. So when we talk etiquette in today's episode, folks, we're, we're talking about etiquette within Kaizen Karate. And if you are interested in borrowing and you're listening from a, 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 another school and you want to borrow some of our thoughts and ideas, feel free to do so. Um, and if you are 
maybe disagree, well, just know that this is for us, you know? So uh, students, and if you're not yet black belt, just understand this is unique to our school. It probably might be, you know, done in your school, but it doesn't necessarily mean it has to be done in every school. Coach David, what comes to your mind when we say etiquette? Well, there's so much that you can uh, go with right here. One, the one thing that first comes to my head is um, we've always told the students one of the most important, if not the most important part of class is bowing in and bowing out, showing respect to your teacher, to your school, to the place you're practicing in. Um, and I know a lot of students kind of think we're, we're you know, off, we're, we're being too harsh or we, we kind of spend too much time because you and I often will say, you know, look at how we're sitting, look at our toe position, here are the words. We often say, here are the words. And we say the words before we even do them, even though we're in an advanced class. Like most people in the Monday night class had been with us five, six, seven, eight, nine years. And yet we're still saying, here's the position. Here's what we say, it's that important. That etiquette, that showing of the respect between student and teacher and you know class and dojo, I feel is so super important and it should be taken seriously. So you shouldn't be giggling. There should be no like fooling around or playing with your next door, you know, the person to the side of you. It's a kind of a serious, quiet, introspective thing. And to me, that, that, that's the etiquette that came to my mind when you said that. Yeah, I mean, I'll take it one step further and just, you know, add on piggyback what you just said. Uh, bow in, bow out. I mean, that's a given. You know, even if you're training virtually, you still bow in, you still bow out. You know, we had a student uh, the other day who, who logged in a little bit late. It was an adult student. And I got to say hats off to them because even though they started late, they still took time. They got on their knees, cheerio kunye, they bowed in, they got in and they started to train. They didn't have to do that, you know, because we're training virtually. They could have just jumped right into the warm up, but they still treat their space like it's a dojo because it is. You might not think of it, but your training space. Yes, I know it might have multiple purposes. It might be your living room and dining room and family room. But during that time that you're training, it's also your dojo. It's your training space. It's it, to me, it's sacred. You know, like when I train, you know, I'm here, uh, we're recording and, and uh, coach David, I tell you what, I, I, this is what I use it for, right? It's, it's done for martial arts and I bow in. Uh, sometimes I know when you and I train together, like, you know, we always talk about this. We, when we enter the room, we bow. When we leave the room, we bow. But if we come in late for any reason, you bow in. It's not just a sign of respect to the instructor. It's not just a sign of respect to your fellow classmates. It's a sign of self-respect. And I always say this, that self-respect is the most important kind of respect. It's a way of doing things. No matter who's watching or not watching, you're still conducting yourself the same way. Absolutely. And I, I think those things, if you continue to do them, only are going to make you better, make you a happier, more content. All the things that go into, um, you know, being the best you can be, as we've talked about this before, self-respect and, and showing respect, huge, 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 huge. That's awesome. You know, so the topic is etiquette. I want to shift gears and talk about something a little bit different in terms of the etiquette is, um, you know, when I was, you, you and I started training around the same time, we were in, you know, slightly different age brackets, but it was still nonetheless same, you know, we're, we're in the same period Era. in terms of same cohorts time-wise, right? Yep. And we didn't have YouTube. We didn't have internet. We didn't have email. I remember my, my, my first uh, teacher, his phone number was uh, the area code, the first three numbers, and then kick K I C K. And uh, we couldn't reach him, you know, cause you know, he, he would pick up. I'm not saying he didn't pick up, but it was, it wasn't like a, a 24, 7, 365, you know, hotline that you called and someone was always picking up. 
to be honest with you, you, you came in early, you stayed late, and those were really the two times you, you talked and you connected. I say this because back in that time when I was training, Coach David, you trained at one dojo. You didn't train in two places. So in terms of etiquette, it was you had one teacher, you had one instructor. I mean, within the school, there might be multiple instructors, of course, but there was one primary teacher that you trained with, and that was the person that you connected with. That was the person that you who oversaw your instruction and your development as a student. Um, but, you know, back then, we did, I, I guess because there was no YouTube and internet, we didn't really know of all the other styles, you know, that, that might've been out there. And it was almost mysterious in some ways, you know, that other systems exist. We heard about it. Maybe if you got lucky, you might see it at a tournament or in a demo or something like that, but it certainly wasn't as available as it is today. Is that, is that what you recall? Absolutely. It was, there was no... You know, I, I didn't know about anything other than, well, except when we went to a tournament and then I would see other things, but I didn't know the names. Like, you know, you talk to people now and they're, they're experts, quote unquote, in, in all these different martial arts that only because they've been able to see it, read about it, we didn't have that luxury. Um, but absolutely, back in the day, it would be just completely wrong to train with different schools. Like if you were to... To, to be in one school and then go take lessons from someone in another school or, or even sign up and kind of try out another school, they would kick you out. Like it wouldn't, it wouldn't even be a question. That was just not how you did it. And it was uh, disrespectful. Right? Yeah, you know, we, we don't really use, that's exactly right. We don't really use this terminologies within Kaizen, but it's, I've heard this used before. And so, you know, I hope everyone takes this with a grain of salt, but you know, you can't serve two masters. You, you can't have two ultimate senseis or, you know, two words. So, you know, again, we don't use that terminology in our school, but it's the same concept, which is um, you really want to make sure that you have one place that you train, you know, and that's, that's a huge form of etiquette. And coach David, I got to tell you, I've, I've made a, so many mistakes in my life. And, and <laughs> I, I, the one thing I have learned, and I'll make this short and sweet is that it was communication. And when you communicate and when you just ask, uh, that's really the best way to figure out. And you don't ask your buddy in class, you know, you're, 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 you know, if, especially if you're a, an underbelt, meaning under black belt, don't ask a peer who's the same belt level as you ask the instructor. Uh, always, always ask. And, you know, I, there's one of our instructors and, and I know we know who we're talking about. He's just the most honest guy I know. And, you know, he, he asks to a fault. And I mean, he asks about things that he already knows the answer to. But it's always just to make sure, just to check, just to make sure it's correct. I mean, wouldn't you say that's a safe path to take? Absolutely. I mean, I think we, we, that's like a universal thing. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't be afraid to ask because it's usually 15 other people around you have the same question. 15 other people around you want to know the answer. Don't leave it up to someone else to ask. Just ask. If you're not sure, if you're at a school and you know, you're, you think you know, but you're not 100% sure, just go up to your karate instructor and say, hey, this is what I'm thinking. This is my question. Because they'll be happy to tell you. We're happy to tell you for our school. It's not like it's a hidden secret. Um, find out the policies ahead of time for your particular school. For our Kaizen students, we make it pretty clear. We go over this stuff frequently because it's just, it's not secret. It shouldn't be a taboo thing. It should be open. That's right. You know, and I, and I say this that... Um 
you want to make sure that you have one, you know, we'll wrap up on this thought here, but you want to make sure you're training in one school, you're constantly in communication with your instructor, meaning during class time, you know, ask. And if you have a question, you ask uh, and, and don't feel afraid to ask. And, you know, the instructor will know kind of your level kind of by the questions that you're asking. You know, so if I see a beginner coming up to me, I know a certain caliber of question that's going to be asked. I see if an upper belt, like a brown belt or higher is asking me a question, I expect another caliber of question to be asked. Uh, so, you know, again, don't be afraid to ask. I think that's a, that's a very, very important thing. And I know, could you have a quick question for you? Sure. I think I've heard you say this before, but um, you had one instructor for the bulk of your initial training. And if you let's say pose that wasn't the way it was. Let's say you had a variety of different instructors from different types of schools back then. Do you think you would be as good as you are now? Well, first of all, no chance. Cause I think I would have been a Jack of uh, all trades and a master of none, you know, and it's kind of like a, imagine if you're in the, the yard, you know, and you're, you know, if you have grass in your yard or front yard, or backyard, and let's say you see two different squirrels and you tried to race after them and catch them both. I mean, it's hard enough to catch one squirrel. I mean, imagine, I use that analogy a lot, but that's what training in two martial arts prior to getting a black belt is like. You're never going to master anything. And I know there's some, there's some jokes that can be made about that. I'll leave that alone for Facebook to take care of. But um, you know, in, in terms of all seriousness, I think had I done that prior to black belt, I, I think I'd gotten kicked out of the school, to be honest, at least the school that I trained in. Uh, so, I mean, in Kaizen, you know, our basic philosophy is... Uh, you know, you train in one place and that's that. And if you do need extra help beyond your instructor, the best thing to do is either talk to me or talk to another Kaizen instructor. Uh, we, have, we have multiple Kaizen karate instructors. So if someone's a certified instructor, meaning, uh, and we've talked about this before too. Yes. Just because someone's a Kaizen black belt doesn't mean that that should be the ultimate source of information. So instructors who are actively teaching classes with us, who are actively uh, certified as instructors to teach, that is who you really want to be going to. Because we do have other black belts who are black belts with us who are training for fun and, you know, who are enjoying the training and passing on knowledge through sparring and partner work. But the difference is, Coach David, they might not be fully plugged in to the latest and greatest information. They might not be fully, um, you know, updated with uh, what is most relevant for that student based on where we are as a school. Um, I'm not sure if that's true of all schools, but I can tell you this. I've trained, uh, I remember I trained for, for a few years in a, in a Japanese school. And I remember, uh, this is a completely different martial art. Uh, it, they were very, very serious about that, about not going to other, you know, other students within class time to seek your answer. You, you, you went straight to the instructor uh, if you had a question. And the instructors all had a meeting, you know, regular meetings, and, and we do too. Uh, so at Kaizen, you know, we all talk, meaning all the instructors, we regularly in communication. Uh, so we're all, it's, it's, I'd say, Coach David, the best way to say it, wouldn't you say that we're, we're fully updated on not just policies, but we're also fully updated on where student progress is. Is Absolutely. that how you put it? Absolutely. I think the, the thing to note, if you're, if you're one of our students, is that your instructor, your main instructor, has your best interest at heart. And if you're not getting what you need, either in, from instruction or understanding or something specific, we want to help you find the answer, whether that means talking to Coach V or work getting more work, you know, private lessons, whatever it might be for you, we're here to help you within the school. So that should be your first choice 
before you do anything else. I think that's great. Um, Coach David, one, one of the next things we talk about, which is on a little bit of a lighter note here, is uniforms. Uniforms, <laughs> uh, T-shirts, sparring gear. You know, we're not training in person. So why do we even have to wear uniforms? Why do we even have to wear a T-shirt? Why do we even have to wear a belt? Boy, I, I, I should be the poster child for this one because I've been preaching this forever. Um, it comes down to this. How you dress is how you look. How you look is how you feel. And when you feel really good about yourself, that's when you do your best. So I always wear my gi. I don't remember the last time I've ever trained out of a gi under any and all circumstances. I've trained out in 100 degree heat. I've trained when it was 20 degrees. You name it. I've got my gi on. I don't care because that makes me feel like I'm doing martial arts. That puts me in the right frame of mind to do my best. So it's even more crucial now when we're in distance learning. Well, we don't have the class dynamic and the group in the dojo with you to, to kind of get that sense of community. To me, even more important now, absolutely critical. You should be dressed to the nines as much as you can to get the, to get that. Would you say, would you agree? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, that's exactly right. How you dress is how you feel. I've, I've been saying that for years. I know you have too. And uh, I think probably coach David, like I'm, I'm going to just, you know, echo what you said here. I think it's more so than more so important now than ever. Uh, I think because your space that you use for many students, uh, they're using a common common area within the house that doubles up as a living room, dining room or something like that. What separates it as a karate space? And a lot of the answer is it's how you dress. So I, I talked to a parent about, I don't know, Coach David, three days ago, four days ago, and we were talking about the importance of, uh, you know, wearing a uniform and T-shirts. And it, I didn't say that the, this parent said it to me and he said, uh, you know, nowadays I think the kids need something to look forward to and they need something to really give them uh, some excitement. And I bring this up because I think wearing a uniform and a T-shirt is probably... Um, parents, if you're listening to this, it, it's so critically important because it puts you in the right mental state. It puts, you know, I know when I put on my belt, I know it's karate time, it's go time. You know, when I put that belt on, it's, a, it's, it's ceremonial in a way, you know, because that, you know, it's a ritual that you do, uh, but it, it puts you in the right space. I still know the same skills when I'm not wearing it, but man, when I'm wearing my belt and I'm wearing my uniform, I know what that means. It's time to kick uh, it. Koji, I pulled up the latest and greatest Kaizen Karate uh, belt requirement poster. And this poster is a living document. We talk about this all the time. And correct me if I'm wrong here, but it says for orange belt, wear a karate, Kaisen karate t-shirt that's wearing, not just owning. And by yellow belt, so which is pretty early on as a beginner, wearing a Kaisen karate uniform. Now, to me, that says that if you're a yellow belt or higher, green belt, purple, blue, brown, brown stripe, red, red stripe, black belt, you should be wearing your Kaizen Karate uniform, not owning it, not in the closet, not crumpled up, wearing it. So wouldn't that be, I don't know, 80% of all students, I mean, that should be wearing it? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I think that's huge. You know, so the short answer is wear a uniform. You know, so in terms of etiquette, you know, that's our theme for today's, uh, in our topic for today's podcast is just wear, wear your correct uniform. And I think you'll be safe. Um, Coach David, I'm going to shift a little bit here and I'm going to say uh, the topic of socks. Uh, you know, we, 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 we have this question a lot. And let me start with not by talking about socks. I want to talk about shoes. 
you know, during adult class, uh, we do permit adults to wear shoes because sometimes the adults have injuries that they're working around or uh, there's different things going on with the adult students than there are with the kids. Uh, for kids, the answer is absolutely not. No shoes of any kind. So Coach David, could you speak to socks and, and why is wearing socks, now this might be surprising to some people, why is it such a risk? Because you think, oh, well, it's cold in my house or the floors are cold and my, my delicate toes might get, um, and I jokingly say that, so I don't, you know, don't get offended guys. But you know, if your toes get hurt you know, or cold or something like that, you want to wear socks. But why is it a risk? Well, there, there's a whole bunch of things here. Um, first of all, you could slip wearing socks on any surface. It's just more slippery. Socks are slick by definition. And we do not want anybody slipping. We don't want anybody sliding. You could you can hurt yourself doing stretches. I know everyone thinks, oh, stretching, yeah, that's good to prevent injury. Go to do the splits in socks on the wrong surface. That's a that's a you know, torn abductor hamstring right there. Um, ask me how I know. <laughs> um, so yeah, you do not want to be throwing kicks. You, you have to put your weight on one foot, which means again, balance is critical. And if that foot slips out because socks are a slippery surface, you're looking at a potential injury and safety is our number one concern. That's exactly um, right. From another perspective, from you and my perspective, we're, we want to evaluate your stance. We want to evaluate your position I can't tell if you're wearing socks, are your toes pulled back on your kick? Or are they pointed? Are they down? Are they going to get hurt? What are, which direction are they even pointing? Some socks are all crumpled and you can't even see. So from a teacher perspective, we need to see your foot. That's the only way we can evaluate you properly. So the bottom line is don't wear socks and you're not going to have any risks and you're going to be able to be properly evaluated. I think that's exactly right. Exactly right. Um, so folks, you know, we're, we're getting kind of close to the end of the episode. You know, there's a couple more points to make. You know, when we talk etiquette, um, we want to also talk about accountability. And accountability has to do with if you're not going to show up, you should say something. It's not just like, a, oh, I'm going to show up when I want. Well, here's my mindset on that, Coach David. And now this is a little bit tough talk. So if you don't want to hear the truth, just fast forward about two minutes. But if you want to hear the truth, keep hitting play. Okay, so here we go. So if you are expecting to get promoted to the next belt, we expect you to be accountable for your attendance. Simple as that, no matter what belt you are. And, you know, so if you decide to show up when you feel like, well, you're not going to get promoted when you expect it. But Coach David, I got to tell you, I know that takes a little time to learn. And I got to say hats off to especially our brown and red belts, the amount of text messages that I get, the amount of emails that I get, even if it's last minute, even if it's a little late, I get messages from most of our brown and red belts who train with us say, hey, I'm so sorry, I can't make it to class tonight. And it's not that, you know, we have to cancel class because someone's not making it or something like that. It's more of a, it's a respect thing. And that's how we do it here. And, you know, I can tell you, I remember when I was a young black belt, uh, I used to let my instructor know when I wasn't coming to class. I didn't have to, I was already a black belt, but I did it out of respect because I didn't want him to have a class planned or maybe expect me or hope that I was going to demonstrate something or do something to help a student on the side. And then all of a sudden I, I botch up the whole game plan for the class because I wasn't there. And I think another thing, Coach David, is it kind of says a lot by you not being accountable. It kind of says that you don't think that you're important. And so I think that all everyone is valuable on our team. And I'm talking about the students. We need you there, guys. Right. So if you're there, we expect you to be there. We're building relationships together. We're building skills together uh, and we want you there. 
right? By the time you get to brown and red belt and black belt, we consider you one of the gang. You're one of the family now, right? And you know, if you're not there, it's kind of like Coach David. If you're going to the Thanksgiving dinner or something like that, and like you know, a critical member of the family, like your immediate family's not there, you're just not like, yeah, okay, whatever. You know, you're gonna. Be, where are you? Are you okay? And I think it's an accountability thing. I mean, what are your what are your feelings on this? That's uh, so well put. I, I mean, I think we look at those upper belt students as Kaizen Karate family members. I mean, we know them all by name. If we don't know your name and you're a brown belt or above, that's a problem. There is something going wrong there. So in that respect, yes, I want to know, like, are you sick? Did you get injured? You know, I, I'm concerned about you. All our students, I don't think they really understand. And this is kind of an insight um, to anybody who's listening is that we think of them almost as our own children. I mean, a lot of them could be our children, right? They're that age, but we think of them as, you know, close people who we want to know. We want to make sure they're okay. If they're sick or injured, we care about them, right? If there's some problem going on, we want to help. So, you know, you don't have to tell us, but man, it's, I feel, I feel closer to the students who do tell us and it just helps that relationship. It makes it that much better. And I, I'm, I'm very happy to say we, our adults in particular are fantastic. Like, they really, really are great at keeping us informed. I mean, it's funny you say that, you know, there's two things that immediately pop in my head is, you know, let's say someone's got a health issue or something like that. We don't need to know what the health issue is. If it's a private matter, it's a private matter, but it's more of just a, Hey, I can't make it. I got something going on. I'm so sorry. I'll see you next time or something, something like that. That's all we need to know. We don't need to know your personal uh, things that are going on. Right. I mean, but it's just more of an accountability thing. Coach David, I think the other thing to think about is, if someone has goals of getting to black belt, you know, you're not going to be in a combative relationship with your instructor all the way to black belt where you fought to get your belt and you emailed your way to black belt, you know, where you negotiated your black belt. No, it, it's, it's a, it's a trust thing. It's a friendship thing. It's a teacher student relationship. There's a relationship that's built there and you want to hopefully like and trust each other and, and really respect one another. And that's built over time, not with one big act, but with a whole bunch of small things. And, and I think coach, you know, if you have goals of getting to black belt, this is just one way that you get there to develop that warm, friendly uh, relationship, right? Absolutely. I think that's, that's so important. Like I can remember several students who seem combative every question they ask every time you teach something it's a they ask a question but the question isn't with the intent of knowledge it's a question of trying to either say you're wrong or you know show an inconsistency or something and that kind of relationship is not beneficial it doesn't help it's it's that that rapport of working together to gain knowledge to help further the education that's when real growth and real, you know, that, that relationship develops to where it's like uh, Mr. Miyagi and Daniel to, to quote one of our favorite shows, right? That's, that's how you want to get. And I, and I'm, I, I like to think that as we, we are with students longer and longer that, you know, that adversarial combative fighting over, you know, no, that's my, you know, I deserve that. That good. It goes away. Um, and we, we, you get to the point of whenever you think I'm ready, sensei, I don't want it before you think I'm ready. Cause that's the whole point. I mean, that's a great transition to the final topic I had. And, you know, please let us know if you have, you know, any final thoughts on this is uh, in terms of etiquette, because that's our theme for today. Uh, you just never, 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 never ask for a promotion. It is uh, Coach David on the list of things to do. 
<laughs> this would be number one through 10. Just, you know, what's, what's rule number two? L look at rule number one. It's like the whole fight club. You know, what's rule number one of fight club? Don't talk about fight club. What's rule number two? Always remember rule number one. That's the same thing for rules two through 10. Just don't ask for a promotion. Coach David, I'm proud to say uh, I, I never once asked for a promotion. And, 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 that, and that's, I think though that the thing is that students just please know we want to see you promoted. We're, we're working to help you get there. We want to see it happen. So we're working at your best interest to make it happen. You don't need to convince us. You don't need to argue with us. You don't need to point out why. We're already on it. I guarantee you, Coach V and I talk about all the different students, where they are, what's going on, who's going to be ready. It's on our list. So you do not have to worry about it. Get, get it off your list. Simply focus on getting better. And I promise you, we've got your back. Coach David, I got a, I mean, that's exactly right. And coach, I got a great way to explain it. You know, when people look at you, do your martial arts, they're going to say one of two things. They're going to say, man, who taught you? Or they're going to say, man, who taught you? They're going to say one of those two things. The question is, and you know, if you see the first example I gave, just to really spell it out is someone's going to be impressed when they see you. Or number two is they're going to look at you and they're not going to think that you're doing a poor job. They're going to think who taught you and who actually promoted you to that rank. This is why we say your belt needs to match your skill and your skill needs to match your belt. As, Coach David, as much as I wanted to get a belt, and I can remember I was a red belt for a very long time, probably longer than most people you know, will ever be at any belt. And Coach David, I remember, according to my calculations, I should have been a black belt years years prior, it took me four and a half years to get, go from red to black. So in our system, red belt is right before black belt. Coach David, four and a half years, it took me to go from red to black. Looking back on it though, I watched my black belt exam the other day. I was 16 years old when I got my black belt. I'm not kidding you. I looked at that test and I said to myself, why in the world did he promote me at black belt? I was horrible, not horrible, but you get my point. You know, I wish I had been a black, a red belt a little bit longer. So, you know, if you're feeling that, I'm going to give you some hope. The belt that you're going to have the longest, it's black belt. You're going to be a black belt longer than any other belt that you've had. And if that's not the case, you just haven't had a black belt long enough, right? So that's number one. I think that the takeaway too, coach, is that, you know, we're sitting here talking about not asking for promotions and things like this. I want to give everyone some hope. When people are watching you during class time, it's going to be so obvious that you're ready because your skills should be speaking way louder than your belt rank, right? If your belt is doing your talking, that's, that's not good. Your skill set should be doing your talking, right? So well said. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, uh, I hope everyone got some value out of this podcast. We really appreciate you listening in. Please don't forget to like and share and comment and do all of those good things. You know what to do. Uh, we'd really appreciate a five-star review if you found some value and uh, if you know anybody who is interested in hearing this, or uh, if you know someone who needs to hear this, please go ahead and share this with them. We'd really appreciate that. Just hit that share button. Uh, you can find us on all the major social media platforms. Just check it out in the show notes. And again, my name is Coach V. I'm Coach David. And this is the Kaizen Karate Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Coach David, do you have any wrap-up thoughts before we uh, get out of here? I just want to say uh, to all our students, keep going. We're, we're doing great. 
just I know we say this all the time, but I just want to know we're almost there. You know, the light is at the end of the tunnel. Keep coming, keep coming daily, you know, as long as you can. Strive to keep working and improving. Um, and I just can't wait to get back to training in person because it's going to be fantastic. Yeah, me too. I got to tell you, I, I can't wait to, to do that and see you in person, to see all the students in person. And, uh, and uh, guys, you know, we're, we're, we're eagerly waiting the day, but at the same time, we're, we're still focused on, on doing the virtual training. Okay, so until next time, be safe, make some good choices, and we'll see you guys soon. Take care now.